Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Nathan East hanging with the teddy bear on LOTL Radio, The Zone.
you know, never stopping. And sometimes, you know, I mean, that can be confusing because, I mean, I've gone periods, you know, long periods without um, putting out a record. And I've gone, uh, there have been some periods where I've gone uh, since, you know, the 70s without even getting on a stage, you know. And it wasn't because I did it voluntarily, it's just because, you know, the phone wasn't ringing or whatever. And so, but in my mind, you know, I uh, considered myself an artist and I considered, you know, people say, what you doing? Oh, I'm saying, you know, I'm doing my thing. I'm doing what I always done, you know? So in, in my mind, you know, I, I never, I never stopped. And so if you just never ever stop, I guess it's like, like swimming or something like that. And you're in the ocean and you're trying to get to the shore. You, you know, you might have to float a little bit, kick a little bit, you know, <laughs> lay on your back a little bit, whatever, but you know, you just keep on heading toward the shore, you know? So that's kind of, like you know, my perspective on it. Now I've always I've always teased a little bit. I said, you know what? When you when you bring out a good product or a great product, you kind of tease us with a slice of cheesecake. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, we have a tendency to be greedy. We want a full entree. Now you've blessed right. us with fine. You've blessed us with fine. When can we expect another album from you? Well, I was at Levi Caesar's house. Uh, the, the young man that uh, I'm working with right now on this project uh, you, uh, was with Prince and also with uh, uh, the Sounds of Blackness. And uh, and he said, Lenny, I was looking at something. You said that people were asking you when the, the album was going to be done. And you said in a couple of months, he said, we, we got to get busy. I said, yeah, we got to see each other every day. for <laughs> you know." So we're working on it. As a matter of fact, uh, we worked on a great song yesterday. It's, it's, it's really, really beautiful. And uh, so I'm just... Uh, yeah, we, we, we we're working. We've got an assembly line process going on over here, trying to get it uh, ready for hopefully, you know, by the end of the year, uh, maybe even okay. sooner. Yeah. Okay. Um, we, we talked about and touched upon before about longevity. Your journey through music and life has been incredible, and I wanted to ask you because I've never had an opportunity to ask you before, so I'm gonna ask you now. How was your life journey? The things that you've experienced in your life. How was it? made a imprint on your music, your overall music journey? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I mean, the things that I've experienced in life, you know, uh, as a younger, young, real young person, you know, uh, you know, with, you know, church, you know, so church has definitely, uh, you know, made a big uh, imprint on, on my life and has affected my music, uh, you know, picking up the trumpet uh, in the, um, fifth grade no I guess I think it was the fourth grade in the fourth grade picking up and that's definitely affected you know uh uh you know my music because by playing trumpet I was exposed to different types of music you know when I was growing up in the house I would just listen to you know gospel and uh you know some R&B uh and blues but uh you know by playing trumpet I was you know playing all types of music Beethoven Bach and all that kind of stuff and band music you know John Philip Sousa and all that stuff so that's affected me and then uh you know growing up in uh, Oakland and you know, going to school with uh, Huey Newton and Bobby Seale and, uh, you know, being friends with Angela Davis, uh, you know, it was, it, that's uh, affected me and, uh, you know, my my take on music and, you know, maybe the way that I comport myself uh, when I'm, um, you know, uh, you know, just out, you know, in society and doing, you know, the things that I do, uh, you know, as a, you know, father, family, man. So all of that, uh, you know, when you talk about the song, where I love go, you know, things like that, you know, the, you know, just watching, you know, the family unit 
when I was a kid and, you know, everybody had a daddy and, you know, now, you know, it's you know, even if it wasn't your biological daddy, you know, there's somebody pop you on the head, tell you, wait, when the street lights go out, <laughs> you know, be at home, you know what I'm saying? And, right. and you know, working to bring some food, you know, so, so, it, it, you know, a lot of the things that I write about. And so I say those are the things that primarily, uh, you know, uh, and, and radio, you know, I mean, we had great radio stations when I was growing up, you know, out here in the Bay Area and, uh, you know, we, you know, there's just great radio and they played, you know, a little bit of everything. And so those are the things that primarily uh, have influenced, you know, me and my music and, uh, you know, the way I write songs are the songs that I like to sing. I've had an opportunity to see you perform live on several different occasions. And when you put on a performance, it's a gala. It's a complete presentation of you engulf yourself to the audience. And I know a lot of artists that are coming into this game and some that have already been in young artists have always come to you as a mentor. And I've always tried to pick your brain as far as what to do and what not to do and putting emphasis on learning the business aspect of this industry. Do you think the lack of artist development in today's music has become a hurtful tool for a lot of the young artists up and coming now? Yeah, I mean, I definitely do. You know, when I was uh, young and just trying to really get into business, I had the opportunity to meet, you know, uh, a lot of Motown artists. And one thing I could say is, you know, despite, you know, some of the things that they got into, they were all nice. I mean, I, I never met a Motown artist. And I mean, this is before, you know, I was Lenny Williams, you know, before they even knew who I was, you know, just had an occasion, you know, to be standing by the stage door, you know, because that's what I, want, I wanted to meet them. You know, uh, you know, they were just all nice people. You know, they knew, you know, uh, through artist development, they knew to, you know, to be nice to uh to your fans or to people that buy your records, uh, you know, because, you know, that's the, the life's blood. That's what's keeping you out there. And so I think that, you know, a lot of times you run into the young artists now and you, you want to approach them and you don't really know if, you know, they're going to say hello or, you know, or, you know, or, you know, what kind of mood they're in. And, uh, you know, so uh, yeah, I think artist development is really good, uh, you know, and, and just learning about the business, you know, uh, learning about publishing, writing. I was talking to a guy yesterday and I was telling him, uh, we wanted to know how did I learn about publishing. I was saying, well, I was at Larry Graham's house hanging out one night when he was in Sly and the Family Stone, and uh, Pete Moore from the Miracles and a whole uh, four or five other people came up from L.A. and they knew Larry was leaving Sly and they were trying to sign him. And then you know Larry was showcasing me and I was singing and so I went to bed. I didn't feel like going home, so I went to bed and there was two beds in the room, twin beds. So I slept in one bed and then. I woke up about five five in the morning, and there was, lo and behold, there's a girl in the other bed. And I was like, Lord, have mercy, you know, red blood American boys, you know. I'm thinking, you know, see what I can do. And so we started talking. And right. she said, well, you're a great singer. And she says, and you, you write? I'm like, yeah. And she says, well, do you have your own publishing? And I was like, no. I mean, publishing, isn't that like some big place on the avenues of America in New York? She's like, oh, no, you can get a publishing company for $25, go down and get a fictitious business license and get a name that nobody has and tell me how to do all of that. And she showed me how to do it. And as a result of that, you know, I mean, I, you know, I get, uh, you know, when Kanye and Twister did my music or Jay-Z or Andre 3000, whomever, you know what I mean, Young Jeezy, all these different people, I, you know, I get 
you know, I, I get the financial rewards from that, you know, and I was saying that is the best sex I ever missed, you know what I mean, uh, that <laughs> night, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, because uh, – and, and it taught me a lesson, too, that, you know, you can't just – you, you, you got to look beyond a woman's beautiful face and her beautiful body. Uh, these women, you know, and even more so today, you know, I mean, you know, these, you know, they're, they're pioneers. They're, you know, they're, you know, they have so much knowledge. I mean, you know, more, more women are in law school, more women are going to medical school. And so I try to tell, you know, young male artists, you know, uh, you know, you know, when you run into women and, you know, you got to look beyond the beauty the outward beauty and, and look into their mind because you might, you know, might run into somebody that can really help you, you know. So I think just learning about, you know, learning about what you're doing, learning about the business aspect is always good. And then having somebody, you know, a good lawyer is, 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 uh, is, is essential. Without question. I've seen a lot of artists over the years where they come from a very uh, poverty stricken background. And then you have mm-hmm. a label to say, Hey, we'll give you, Thirty-five or forty thousand dollars, and that's more money that they have ever seen before in their lives. And right. they end up signing their name to a piece of paper, and they don't know what they're signing. And they're basically exactly. being—they're being pimped. They're being pimped. I'm just being being honest and forthcoming. They're being pimped and being used, you know, by the label. Because after they give you mm-hmm. that money and they put you out there, they forget to tell you all oh, the money that we give you is no more than a loan—a loan that you have to pay back. To the record, right. to the record label for studio time, for promotion, and everything else. Right everything now, else, right. Every, mm-hmm. everything else. I always said the greatest thing now, be, the aspect is being an independent artist, is that you have complete control over your career, your publishing, your money, and you make the decisions on what you want to do. You've been an independent artist now for a while. How did you feel being an independent artist compared to when you were signed to a major label? Well, I tell you, uh, you know, working for yourself is is no joke. I mean, you know, you, you set your own hours, and if you know, if you work three hours a day, you know, that's the kind of return you're going to get. You know, sometimes my wife and I'll be sitting around, and we might be watching a movie, and I'm saying, "Oh, hey, baby, uh, can you uh, do this for me?" She'd be like, "I'm doing something." I'm like, "Hey." <laughs> You know, you like, you know, you like this big old house, you know, you like yeah. going buying them purses and stuff like that. You know, it's like, you know, if I get an idea at, uh, you know, three o'clock in the morning, I got to jump up and, you know, put it on the tape recorder or write it down or something like that. And, you know, so sometimes certain things come up and, you know, you got to be, you know, you got to be malleable. You got to be say, okay, I got to go take care of this right now. You know, I got to, you know, take care of this. Something's happening over there. So, you know, uh, working for yourself, uh, it, it has its advantages, you know, but it also requires, uh, you know, a lot of diligence and and the ability to, you know, uh, to just tackle a situation when they when they when it comes up. You know, you can't just keep on pushing things down the road. And you, you know, and, and if you're a small company, you can't really delegate. You know, you can't say, oh, hey, you do this, you do that, or whatever. You know, you have to do it yourself. So, uh, you know, the advantages of having a small label is, yeah, if I sell, you know, ten thousand records. At ten dollars a piece, you know, I mean, it's hundred thousand dollars. You know, you sell ten thousand records at a at a major label, you know, you out the door, you, and you're not gonna get anything. You know what I'm saying? And probably still owe them some money for promotion and whatever, like you said, you know. So, uh, manufacturing, and you just go on down the list, you know, production, and so, um, 
uh, you know, having your own company, it, it, it's it's a great thing, but you definitely have to, you know, have a a, a work ethic, uh, you know, in place. Absolutely. I mean, I've seen it firsthand where you say, wait a minute, I've sold X amount of units and I'm mm-hmm. broke or I'm filing for right. bankruptcy or I owe the mm-hmm. internal revenue service. Wait a minute. I have people at the label right. that are responsible for handling my business. And it's like they're mm-hmm. not handling your business. They're taking from you. Right. And then you mm-hmm. you, you leave. Then you, then you say, well, look, I want to be let out of my contract. Oh, well, we can't let you go because you still signed. A five record deal, mm-hmm. so you still owe us right. another. You exactly. still owe us another record, and I sit back, and these artists are just. I'm like, hey, if you get an opportunity like to be independent, yeah, like quicksand. Mm-hmm. It's like you're trying to constantly dig your dig your way out of quicksand, and you keep sinking, sinking further and further, and then all of a sudden, depression leads in, and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. where do I where do I turn to now? That's why I said I think right. it's a beautiful thing to be have that level of control over your own music. It's like, you know what? I'm responsible for getting my own money. Nobody else. I can release music when I want to release it and get compensated for it. What does it mean? You had an opportunity to travel all Mm -hmm. around the world. And a lot of people give me a lot of feedback. Say, Teddy Bear, you're a little bit jaded as far as a little bit hard on American music. And I said, wait a minute. I'm just being truthful for what I've seen over the years that we've become spoiled we become unappreciative of our artists. The artists can leave here and go to the UK and they're treated like royalty. And I wanted to ask you from your perspective, do you see the difference on how an artist is treated here in the States and how they're treated outside the United States when they go on tours or when they're promoting their music? Well, I think in the United States in general, uh, the audience is kind of like uh, the what have you done for me lately type artist. Lately, I right. mean, reception, the relationship with, uh, with the artists and uh, the, the fans. Uh, in European countries, you know, you know, you can, you know, they, they love what you did, you know, in 1980 or 1970 or, you know, maybe 1960 when you, you know, some little record that didn't sell, but, you know, 50 copies, you know, oh, my God, I want to hear you, you know, sing that. You know, I, I was just in Europe, and they were like, can you sing such and such? So I said, no, I never did that record. I never I, I never did a song, that, that song. Oh, yes, you did. I'm like, no, I never did. And then I go to the Internet, and sure enough, I did. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I did that song. Yeah, I didn't even tell my mom about that one. That was so, so messed up, you know. But, uh, yeah, so definitely there's a different um, – uh, level of respect or you know excitement about certain things uh and um well i think that in in, in america you know especially with the black music and, and 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 with black art is that we are are so talented that we master certain things and then we leave it you know we master tap dance and you know yeah how many black people do tap dance, you know what I mean? You know, I mean, that artist is surviving with young white women, you know, or else tap dance would be dead. Uh, the blues, you know, how many young 18-year-olds are thinking about, you know, being blues artists, you know, they want to be hip-hop, rap, or dance, you know, whatever, you know. Um, you know, even, uh, you know, say, uh, you know, even like hip-hop now, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, that, you know, you know, that's changing, and, and you know, uh, like you got Macklemore and different people like that are coming in and they're, you know, they're, you know, taking over, you know, certain types, uh, you know, genre, you know, or, or aspects of that, 
that genre, you know, and it's just like because we just always moving and creating, you're kind of nomadic in a way. And I say, so that is something that we have to, you know, try to uh, to change a little bit that we, you know, that we, not after we do something and develop it, that we, you know, we stay there a little while and we create, but yet we, you know, we try to leave some people there, you know, to, to, you know, to continue to, you know, let that specific thing grow and, you know, just be, you know, you have some longevity there, you know, instead of just moving all the time. You know, one of the things that I've always frustrated me as far as with your career is concerned is that to me personally, I think you've always been an exceptional songwriter. And I think that's Mm -hmm. overshadowed by a lot of the music that you put out. And I wanted to ask you, how have you seen your songwriting grow over the past 15 years as far as where you're at right now emotionally and mentally with your songwriting? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I there was there was a time that I really, you know, I mean, I, I was kind of getting into songwriting. I, I, I actually, the way I started writing songs, I think I wrote my first song when I was 14, and then I kind of stopped. And then I uh, met John Fogarty when I was uh, about 18, uh, John Fogarty from Creedence Clearwater Revival. Right, and uh, John was was you know doing a lot of writing and wrote some great songs. And then I started you know analyzing you know the way he wrote, and uh, and then analyzing records. And I started writing. And then you know I think you know like in seventy three, seventy four, seventy five, I thought I was I, I thought I was like real prolific. I mean I could just you know like rappers you know just go from the head you know i mean I just, right. anything you know <laughs> glass water okay bam there we go I'm, that's, that's what i'm writing about you know and uh and then i just start writing and uh you know uh but i think what happens is when you have success at something it, it's like boxing you know they say well when a guy becomes a champion you know he, he kind of gets better because you know you just because you have that label on you that you're the champ you know you just and so i think that when you have when you're successful that your writing gets better because you have a lot of confidence and so um i don't know i just find myself uh as i go you know i mean sometimes i have you know droughts and things like that but then i you know i learned from a friend of mine uh, uh the steve cooper doctor in tower power that uh, you know he writes down song titles you know when he can't when he's, you know, when he just can't really write a song, well, what about some song titles? So then I write down song titles, and then and then if I do get an idea about a melody or somebody comes to me or something, then I just look through my little book of song titles and then say, oh, now that would probably go with that. And then I start thinking of lyrics uh, or just looking at, uh, you know, life situations and, uh, you know, and not necessarily having to be inspired to write, but, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, like Motown, they, guys, you should just go in and, you know, that was your job, you know, sit down and start writing, you know, and you not necessarily have to be inspired, you know, you, you better write or else Barry going to cut your checks off, you know, and uh, so I, I don't know, you know, like right now I'm not doing a whole lot of writing, you know, but I'm hanging out with young writers and, uh, you know, uh, listening to what they're doing and then, and then, you know, giving suggestions and like, oh, I would say this, I would say that or, you know, whatever. And so, you know, by teaching and critiquing, I think that, you know, that's uh, helping me. And then I noticed that when I do that, then it um, 
then I, you know, then I come home and then I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll write something, you know, just by, you know, so I think there's so many aspects of it, but I think just keeping your eyes and ears open when people say things or when you see a situation, you know, uh, you know, cause you can write about, you know, you just might write about, I mean, I listen to some of these kids, some of the, the way they write songs. I'm like, wow, I would never, ever, you know, I mean, like R. Kelly, you remind me of my Jeep. I mean, you know, it's like, but, but we love our cars though. You know what I mean? Right. You know, my daddy loved his 56 Oldsmobile, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, so you remind me of my Jeep. I'm like, okay, I, I get that. You know, I, I, you know, I bet there've been some divorces about some cars. I got a, a '62 Jag down in the driveway, down in my garage right now. That my wife saying is taking up space, and she want to get rid of it and everything else. And I'll be like, hey, I had that car for I, well, I met, you know, we've been together 41 years, and I didn't have that car. I think 45. So, hey, do the math, you know, you know, so. So you know, it's just it's just interesting about songwriting, and it's like you know, you just got to be creative, and you know, just you know, like should I wear this jacket? The jacket is one is my pants are striped, and my jacket is checkered. They say you ain't supposed to do put mixed uh, checks and stripes, but I'm gonna put it on, and you go, you the you the hit of the party. Oh man, you look good, you know. So you know, you just got to be reckless sometimes when you when you when you write. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, I'm gonna tell you something. You've always been quite debonair when it comes to the vines, man. You've always. <laughs> well, I try you to always... be. I, you know, I make, make a valiant <laughs> attempt. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, family, for those who are tuning in late, shame on you. But the teddy bear does forgive you. We're being joined by the icon, Mr. Lindy Williams. And remember to get all the latest updates and tour information and upcoming concerts. By Lenny Williams. Let your fingers do the walking. Stop by his official website. That's at lennywilliams.com. The new single, fine. Can you tell the listeners out there about the new single? Yeah, I uh, was uh, hanging out with uh, a friend of mine, and he said, man, you got to check out Levi Caesar. And I said, well, yeah, that's uh, Dorothy Morrison's uh, nephew. Dorothy was the lead singer on uh, Oh Happy Day uh, with Ed Hawkins, and I grew up with their family church, but I believe I was playing with Prince, and I had, you know, knew him when he was a little boy, and uh, so I, you know, called him up, and we got together, and, uh, you know, so just talking, and a couple of days later, he come and say, Lenny, I got something that you might like, came up to the house, and we sat down and just started working on it, and came up with the song Fine, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it, and uh, I love it, and I'm excited about it, and I hope that people, you know, are excited as, as I am about it. Yeah. Without question. Well, let's get into it. The new hit single debuting here first in the zone, the legendary Lenny Williams with Fine here on LOTL Radio. Through the window shade 
a cup of coffee with a morning kiss. Enjoy myself today on the top of my list. Ain't nothing on TV. I don't need the blues. So I grab the keys. Time to take a cruise. Windows down as I roll in the jet. Not bad for a black boy who thought he'd never have to win website that's at Lenny Williams dot my brother it is always an honor to have you on the show you know this is your home whatever you need please do not hesitate to let us go and we are going to be waiting salivating I know me personally waiting for that album to come out because I know it is going to be a fantastic project well thank you so much I appreciate you I appreciate your professionalism what you do bringing all the good music to us and everything like that and uh and I uh, just appreciate your kind words and uh, your support over the over the years. And uh, I, I, I don't take it for granted. Oh, my pleasure, brother. Oh, and please give my regard to Mrs. Williams, man. Be safe out there. Oh, most definitely. Right? I got to go down there and make sure she ain't sold my Jaguar right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
in, in the words of that great American poet, Johnny Guitar Watson, you can yeah. say that the boys must go. Lord have mercy. Yes, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. Yeah. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. Yes. Thanks All for the right. words of wisdom. Right. Yes. God yeah. bless. <laughs> All right. God bless you too. God bless the legendary Liddy Williams here in the zone. Of LOTL Radio. It's time to take a little quick two and two. Gotta pay some bills, but it's all good in the Chocolate Teddy Bears neighborhood. While I got you here safe and sound, comfy and cozy on a very, all of a sudden, overcast and very dreary Friday afternoon. Don't worry about it. I got some more Lenny Williams for you. Where did I love go? Here in the zone of LOTL Radio. <laughs> Yeah. 
I'll tell you, yesterday I was doing a lot of thinking and I was just, I was dreading coming down here today to this courthouse. But one while I got a little smile on my face because I was thinking about when we, when we first met, the first time I ever saw you. And you was walking past me and I said, hey girl, you forgot something. Come in, let me comb your hair. And you, you looked at me and we started laughing and then we went sat down and had lunch and and next thing I knew we was getting married and we was raising kids and buying a house and just having a good old time and and then somehow I I started drinking I started hanging out with my friends staying out all night girl gambling not paying the bills oh oh baby and you told me you said Lenny better straighten up because you're going to lose your good thing. And somehow, I, I don't know what it was. I, maybe I just wasn't listening. Girl, but I, I kept on doing wrong. Oh, oh, baby. One day I came home. I came home and you was gone. Girl, I, 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 I. I looked in the kitchen and all the pots and pans were gone. I looked in the closet and all, all your clothes were gone. And then I went to the kids' room, and, and the computers and their books were gone, girl. And I sat down on the couch and put my head in my hands, and I cried, baby. Oh, 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 baby. I cried, baby. Oh, 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 baby. And then I came to myself, and I, I started going to church. I called the pastor.
Nation here in the zone of LATO Radio from the 1983-84 album, Purple Rain. Also before that, my man, Lenny Williams <laughs> from the 2012 album, Still in the Game with Where Did Our Love Go? Lord have mercy. It's been a fantastic, or should I say a fantabulous week of music. A lot of shout outs go out to, of course, Cleveland P. Jones. And remember his new hit single, Listen Here. Also, you can check out the video. Go to YouTube. Listen Here. Cleveland P. Jones and his new album, On the Horizon, next month, Love and Humanity. And of course, my girl, <laughs> Adina Howard, her new hit single from her album, Nasty. Of course, the CD is called Resurrection. So be sure to purchase the CD. It's a great CD. And the last and certainly not least, my man, Letty Williams, new hit single, Fine. And it was truly an honor to have an opportunity to debut it here first. So to get all the latest updates, let your fingers do the walking, the comings and goings of the zone and the teddy bear, Mr. Radiant Extraordinaire. You can catch up with us on Facebook. That's at facebook.com forward slash L-O-T-L radio, the zone. Also on Twitter, that's at twitter.com forward slash L-O-T-L radio. And last but certainly not least, on Instagram. Yeah, you're on Instagram. Yes, Lord. That's at Instagram.com forward slash L-O-T-O Radio Zone. And for those who missed out on the interview, no need to fear. The teddy bear has you covered. We're on Google Play, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and also Spotify. So all you have to do is let your gentle fingers do the typing. Yeah, pull up that app on the phone. Type in L-O-T-L, The Zone. So it is written. So it shall be done. I want everyone to have a fantastic Friday and a vainglorious weekend. Until next week, until we meet again, as in always, Lord have mercy. Keep it soulful here in the zone of LOTL Radio. Lord have mercy. to ride no more Ever since you closed the door If I could turn Turn back the hands of time Then my darling you He'll be mine If I could turn 
Do 